Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee and Coaching Podcast. As ever, we hope you enjoy this episode and take a lot of value from it. And maybe we might be able to make you laugh a little bit too. We started this podcast to help empower and inspire you to take control and create the life that you want to lead. But remember that everything we speak about is just our opinion and shouldn't be taken as medical advice. If you enjoy the podcast, then it would mean the world to us if you could leave a review and share each episode on your social media. The more people that know about how sick this podcast is, the more people we can help. That's enough of that. Let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. Jack, lad, what coffee have you got today? I have got... It's a District, it's a district 12, um, but they use... Um, is it neighborhood? The one you got me onto yeah, in the black and white bag. Neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neighborhood. They it's it's the they use neighborhood beans. Um nice. it's cappuccino. It's fantastic. I don't really have a cappuccino, so it's a little treat. Lovely. What about um, yourself? I've just opened the new one. It's got, I forgot what it's called though, which is a bit annoying. It, it's from um Tesco, t- Jaban, Jaban something. I I didn't even look at it to be honest. I literally just opened it, I was in a rush. Don't know what it, what. This will be a live taste test. Here we go. I don't know what it has to offer. I haven't even read read the package. Don't know where it's from. No nothing. Very chocolatey and woody. Is it a? It's a dense chocolate one. There. Are you using a cafetiere? Yeah. French press, sorry. Yeah. Um. Are you grinding the beans yourself, or is it pre-ground? Uh, I haven't got the grinder in, in Angels, it's in, it's in mine. Because I've been using a really fine ground that I use in the AeroPress, in the yeah. French press. Yeah. It doesn't work. And you need, yeah. I feel like you need a coarse grind. Yeah, yeah. You French do. press. Yeah. You do, lad, otherwise it just, it doesn't fucking... Like gritty. Yeah, it, all the little, obviously, the, the finer you grind it, it just goes through the filter and it's yeah. just fucking horrible. You basically may as well just put the fucking, <laughs> put the grind... Yeah, into the fucking cup and just pour water into it. The it like it's instant. That new way of doing the aero press though is fantastic. The one I got off Hoffman. Hoffman, yeah, what, fantastic. What did, you, what, did you, what did you tell you to do? So the weight of coffee to how much water you put in, depending on whether it's a dark roast or a light roast. Wow. Um, and then how long you leave it for and don't stir it. So he puts it in, pours, covers the coffee, leave it for two minutes, cover the, you know, cover all the beans as quick as possible, and then leave it for two minutes. For every 14 grams of a dark roast, you want 200 mil of uh, 200 grams of water. So I weigh it on the scale. Yeah, yeah. Then leave it for two minutes. And then he was like, after two minutes, don't stir it, but just swirl it a little bit. And the sediment at the top. That's like settled at the top, will just float down and then leave that for 30 seconds and then press it just dead gently, just like you could stand at arm's width and press it down. And however long however long it takes to press that, that's it. Fantastic. Like a coffee. I haven't used the press for for about a year. I remember that there was one day, like in I got we proper got into coffee in lockdown, didn't we? Yeah. And um there was one day I was just there busy. I was like, I haven't got time to air press today, and I haven't done it since because it's, it's in my a head. bit of a faff, isn't it? In my head, now it's just a waste of time. Yeah. So I just, even though it probably doesn't take that much more time than this, 
it's in my head. I need to get back on it because the, the coffee is just so much. It's just so much higher, better. Just a higher, top tier, top tier coffee. Um, today, we're going to kick off with James Smith. Yeah. I'm not going to kick off with him because I agree with him. No, yeah, I don't mean kick off in that sense. I mean, I know, I just didn't know. I just, it was just, it was just a nice segue. I didn't know. I don't know. I we've not spoke about this before this, so this is that we're going into this cold. I don't know where you stand on it. Um, yeah. yeah. So it'll be very interesting. I think. I think we're probably going to be on the same the same page. To be honest. Yeah. We're, we're, I think potentially I'm a bit more in the bodybuilding world than you are. I would say right now. So I've got a slightly different viewpoint potentially, but I can see it from both sides. But Jack, give us your opinion first and first of all explain to anyone who doesn't know who james smith is or what has been going on tell them so basically james smith someone asked him this week what are his thoughts on bodybuilding and he basically just said he just slated it basically didn't he, he said that 99 percent of 90 98 99 percent of people that do it are gonna fuck their body up fuck their mind up create some form of issue with food or issue with with their own appearance and that it is just a load of people who are insecure comparing themselves against a load of other people who are, who are insecure essentially mm-hmm. however he did say in the first post and this was the this was what made it for me is that he he stated in the post that the top one to two percent of bodybuilders don't and that's why they're the top one to two percent because they can hack it, they can cope with it, they can mm. maintain that standard and live life. Yeah. And then everyone lost their minds because, as he stated in his second video, people who bodybuild are really insecure. Yeah. And so that was seen as a personal attack on someone who feels insecure. Yeah. Which further yeah. exacerbated the insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which was like which manifested see. in uh, an onslaught in James Smith's comments of him being called the fucking fat chippy tits muppet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, but it, it, oh, it's it just it, it it was an embarrassment. It's yeah, like did you watch his second video? He done an IGT yeah. video afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And it, the ending for me was the best bit when he just goes, remember, you don't have to agree with me and that's okay. Like we can have, like that for me is the biggest thing in, in anything right now. The, there's so much hate if you've got a different opinion to someone else. Like wow. if you don't agree with me, then you're an idiot. No, like... This doesn't matter, does it? We could have completely opposing views on this today and mm. still be mates at the end of the day. Yeah, just have, have a discussion on it, have a healthy yeah. adult discussion. But I I actually I actually partly disagree with what he said, but also partly do agree with what he said. Because I think there is an unbelievably large majority of the bodybuilding industry who probably got into it because they're massively insecure with their body and they want to get bigger they want to take steroids they want to get fucking huge and be shredded for people to look at them and go wow you're fucking massive you 
because it makes them feel good about themselves, makes them feel secure, makes them feel like they're actually worth something, which is 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 a difficult one really because you definitely building your physique does naturally improve your confidence. Yeah, hundred percent, undoubtedly, and that's something that can never be doubted or challenged. But I think when your sole personality is based around your physique, that's when you're fucked. Like that's when that's that is when the issues start to come. Is when that is your everything. Like, look at the lockdown. Yeah. When gyms closed and people's mental health went to shit. Now, I will agree 100%, like, and the research supports it. The exercise is a massive way of, of helping improve your mental health. But if you can't exercise, that doesn't mean you're just destined to, for bad mental health. Yeah. Like, there is, that's not the only solution to, to improving your mental health. So, if losing the gym is such a huge impact to your mental well-being, that should red flag to you that you're not actually coping with your mental health very well because you're relying on a single source mm. as your solution. The gym is your identity. And the without gym, that, you are no one. You crumble. You're not secure. You don't have confidence without that thing in your life. And it's not necessarily if, like, obviously, we all, we're, we're, our careers are around the gym. A large yeah. part of our identity is around <laughs> the gym. So it's like, uh, that's fine. But if the gym was taken away from me today, I would be fine. I would not crumble. I would not feel insecure. I'd still feel confident. It's just the avenue which I decide to direct my energy around because I actually enjoy it. I'm not doing it because I need it to feel confident and secure, which is like <clears throat> partly why I disagree with James. Cause like if he was right, then I only train because I'm an insecure little pussy who, who needs to have muscle. Otherwise they feel in, inferior and like a little yeah. bitch. And that's obviously just not the case in the slightest. I also know that there's hundreds and thousands of people who train in the bodybuilding world because they then this is this is what this is what I do it for. I do it because I love the feeling of becoming better. It's like something we spoke about in, in previous podcast episodes is like that feeling of being better every day, of being able to see progression, being able to see yourself becoming better and, and achieving your potential and actually visually be able to see it. Like you can't always see progress in business or in other areas of your life or in your relationship or in your in in other things or in work but you can you can see visually yourself getting better every single day every single week and that is an amazing feeling it's something to chase it gives you purpose in the day it makes you feel inspired and obviously it's great for health it's like there's so many things which are fantastic about training and bodybuilding and so when people are doing it for those reasons to become the best version of themselves and to have purpose and become healthy and and I mean, we can discuss health and bodybuilding. It probably doesn't go hand in hand when you start to think about competing. But there's so many positive things about about bodybuilding that most that, that a lot of people do it for those reasons only, and it's not a mask for the insecurity. It's not a method to feel like you actually belong on the planet. Yeah, good point. I think 
where you said so something that is apparent with you with with with, with both of us who were, we're very clear on our values and we're constantly evaluating our values and where where things sit within our values and i think if you're not and if your number one value is bodybuilding but you're not a professional bodybuilder who is who's making a living from bodybuilding but it is your number one value if that goes away then what like you said if we like my i identify so i'm reading the values factor at the moment by dr Martini, and he talks about like how you how you describe yourself or how you identify yourself tells you what your highest value is mm-hmm. so if you were to say like when someone says oh i'm a christian i'm a jew i'm a teacher i'm a mother that tells you what their highest value is because when they explain to you what they do or who they are they're essentially telling you their highest value yeah so i say i'm a coach now if like you said if we lose the gyms being a coach within a gym isn't my sole whole identity part of my values is to teach and to learn and to 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 grow through that so if i couldn't coach in a gym environment my highest value is still to coach people so yeah. i would just find another avenue to do that whereas if your whole identity is well i'm a bodybuilder right well the gyms are shut now what are you gonna do <laughs> we're like what next mm. or you right well you're 45 now you've got arthritis in both your knees you've got a slip disc and you can't lift the weight you used to, to lift now what mm. and that i think that's a big downfall for people is that they dive this is great this makes me feel good oh my god i'm, I'm in the best shape of my life i feel fantastic mm. I'm just going to pour all of my time and energy into this. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, what about when it's gone? What about when you get posture and you have to start pushing your food up and your abs start to fade and your vasculitis starts to diminish and your striation starts to fade? Your, your, your relationship with food goes into the bin. You start binge eating. You start trying to over shift when your coach is not telling you to. And it's just, it's just, it's just fucked. There's, when... When you are into bodybuilding for the wrong reasons, that's when you suffer. But like you said, the the ones that are probably at the ones and two percent probably don't suffer as much as, as, as the others. Although they're at the unbelievably high level, they probably aren't in it for those reasons. They're probably in it because they want to be the best that they possibly can fucking be, because they're chasing they're, they're chasing that rather than right, I wanna look good so I can I can feel adequate. I I want to be the best in the world. Again, like Demartini says, the those truly great bodybuilders, people who've won the Olympia, people who step on stage at the Olympia year after year and do and look fantastic, are aligned with their values. They understand the everything they do, like their highest value is being a world-class bodybuilder. So everything they do in day-to-day life aligns with that and it's easy for them. Mm-hmm. If you're getting into bodybuilding because you're insecure, you're getting into bodybuilding because you hate your body or you're getting into it because you, you some some kind of insecurity or something that's happened in your life previously, then your highest 
value isn't bodybuilding. Your highest value isn't how your body looks. One of your values is going to be feeling good. Mm. But you've chose something that is inherently going to probably make you feel quite bad (laughs) multiple times in a row. Yeah, because no one is no one steps on stage. I think who did I see? Put someone put this up this week, and it was like a professional athlete steps onto like the Olympic stage at their peak, ready to perform their best. So like Usain Bolt steps up to the Olympic hundred meter start line. Four years leading up to it, he's he's primed, ready to go. Like that is going to be the fastest, the best he's going to operate. Or oh, that's the goal. Bodybuilder steps on stage. That's when they operate the worst. Yeah, that's when you 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 have spent sixteen, eighteen, however many weeks to step on stage to then be at your worst. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't go and smash out a, a PB. You couldn't go and train hard. You couldn't go and run a marathon. You couldn't go and walk up a set of fucking stairs without <laughs> feeling absolutely completely done in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So unless. That is what you want wholeheartedly. Like, that's what you wake up and think about every single day. Like, I will step on stage and be the best looking body on that stage. Unless that's your one true value, then when you feel like shit repeatedly over and over again, stepping on stage, that's beating you up. That's not lifting you up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Nathan, look at the size of him and the amount of times he's competed. He loves that feeling. Otherwise, he wouldn't still be stepping on stage. Mm. He likes feeling beat up. He likes knowing that he's probably suffered the most out of everyone on that stage so that he can be the best on that stage. Mm. Whereas if you're doing it because you're really, really insecure about a certain part of your body, a certain way you look, a certain way you feel, if you then go and fucking wreck yourself, feel like absolute crap, your hormones are all over the place, you're tired, you're dehydrated, you're gonna, you're just making everything so much worse. I think it's it's like I I agree with you completely, but also it's difficult to say because or to 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 find the balance because people who are insecure, I would undoubtedly say, start lifting weights. You'll feel more confident. So even even now having this conversation this is the first time I've thought about this properly. How, how do you go about lifting weights and improving your body and becoming better and earning more confidence and feeling more confident within yourself day to day and improving your self-esteem without becoming obsessed with that method of, of or that avenue of improving your body or improving your, your confidence? How do you not become reliant upon bodybuilding whilst also implementing bodybuilding? I think there's a, there's a difference between competitive bodybuilding, like what James Smith was slating, yeah. and the stuff that we do with our clients where we use resistance training. Yeah. Because Let, let's talk, let's talk about what we do with clients. It's probably more applicable to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Like me, like, I'm not, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I am because yeah. I train like a bodybuilder. I eat like a bodybuilder. I act like a bodybuilder. The thoughts that I have are like a bodybuilder. The only difference is I don't step on stage and I don't go, I don't go through a ridiculously ruthless prep to get unbelievably lean. But everything else that I do is I'm a bodybuilder. So for our clients, we're not trying to... Like the sole purpose of bodybuilding in a competitive form is to physically look the best on stage. Mm -hmm. Aesthetically be 
the leanest, most well-balanced, most muscular person on that stage, depending on obviously what category you're going into. But let's say male, normal bodybuilding, that's what you're trying to achieve. Whereas for, I mean, every client I work with and I say the vast majority of your clients, unless they specifically come to you to do a photo shoot, want to look aesthetically better, but also want to perform better. They want to be fitter. They want to be faster. They want to be stronger. They want to sleep better. They want to think better. Competitive bodybuilding doesn't care about that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If your mental is gone, so what? Dig in. Yeah. If you're not sleeping properly, so what? Dig in. Go and get your steps done. If mm. you had a shit session today because you've only got fucking 30 grams of carbs to eat today, so what? Dig in. Go do your steps. Get leaner. We need weight to come off this week. You need to be leaner. You're still fat. Whereas we're not doing that and gen pop. 99% of the population don't need that. They need the aspects of bodybuilding where we're like, yes, let's push you to be stronger. Let's push you to be better. Let's push you as let's push you further than you think is possible. Mm-hmm. If your mental health starts going, if your sleep starts going, if your digestion starts going, if any of your other things that that sum up health start to deteriorate, then we stop the bodybuilding. Yeah. We don't just tell you to fuck off and keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the 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 massive differentiation. Mm. Right word? The massive difference. Just trying to be big, bookshelf behind me, trying to be smart. <laughs> That's the big difference. Is that we there is a massive load of benefit to bodybuilding, and the resistance trainer methods and the methodology and the mindset of I'm going to go in today and push my body to its absolute limits to see what it's capable of. Yeah, to make me feel incredible mm. because you do. No one's ever gone into a gym made themselves stronger, made themselves fitter, faster, aesthetically better, come out and gone, fucking shit that. <laughs> don't, like, don't like that feeling. <laughs> I don't like feeling strong. I don't like feeling not out of breath. Yeah. There's, there's a load of like fantastic benefits to it. Where we stop is when yeah. that then starts negatively impacting the other health yeah. aspects. When it slowly starts to become a point where if you don't look amazing, if you're not getting stronger, then you're a shit person. There's something wrong with you. You're not good yeah. enough. You need to you need to work harder. Otherwise, no one loves you. That's the sort of shit that yeah fucks people up. Like what a what a way, by the way, to and I've got I've got nothing wrong with bodybuilding unless you are this, this type of person who's who's insecure. What, what a way to exacerbate your insecurities and to step on a stage and compare yourself against loads of people who are probably going to be in better shape than you. Yeah. Like, if your whole identity is how you look and you're basically comparing your whole identity to someone else who's probably going to look better than you, how do you think you're going to feel at the end of that? Hey, not only are you stepping on stage with little to no clothing on, unless you do... A physique and you've got like giant board shorts on and you don't need to train legs ever which is fantastic <laughs> if you hate training legs um but not only are you stepping on stage next to them which is bad enough anyway it's like going to ocean beach like there's going to be a load of people stood around tensing all day and you know that so you're going to feel uncomfortable you've just put it in your email today which was fantastic yeah. um like 
that's bad enough anyway, standing next to people who you in your head, if you're insecure, think are better looking than you, yeah. think are in better shape than you. But then you've got a panel of like four to five people sitting on the floor in front of you, specifically picking apart all of the shit bits about you. So if you're insecure, you're then letting someone go, hey, you're dead insecure. Well, by the way, your calves are shit. You were still fat. That guy was leaner than you. Your delts don't look good enough. Your posing was fucking awful. You look dead awkward. You tan shit. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to come off feeling like crap. Yeah, you are if you're the insecure person. But then again, on the other hand, if you're not, and this is literally just a pursuit of you becoming the best that you can be, but it's got nothing to do with you as a person. Yeah. You can almost separate yourself from bodybuilding and... The real you is not the is not the bodybuilder you. Like the real me is not the coach that you all understand and know. There's a different part of me that no one else knows that only people close to me get to see. And that is like a conscious thing for me. So if I if, if for whatever reason my business was to go under today and my reputation was just in the bin, I know I'll be fine. I'll just go and work in Tesco for a bit and then I'll find something else to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll be fine no matter what because this is not my identity. In the same way that a bodybuilder could step on stage and come last, if it's not their identity, they'll be fine. They'll just crack on. They'll go back to work. They'll try again harder next year and they'll become better. But if that same bodybuilder who came last bases their whole perception of themselves and how good they are and their self-worth upon where they come in a fucking show and then they come last, you're probably going to want to kill yourself. But then on the flip side of that, if it is your whole identity but you you know that and it's not coming from a place of insecurity. It's coming from a place of this is... Yeah. When I say identity, maybe I mean self-worth is a better word. Yeah. If it's yeah, not yeah. All, all that matters and it's a complete yeah. judgment upon you as a person, then it's going to fuck you up. Yeah, because we, we, we said before we, we started the podcast, we were having a chat and I was saying about I got absolutely ripped apart by my business mentor this week. Um, and it's part of the reason why I still work with him and, and, and I pay him quite a considerable amount of money to, to do this is because he comes in, doesn't pull punches, doesn't hold anything back. We'll spend the two weeks between our calls looking at everything I'm doing and everything that is terrible. He'll just tell me straight. Mm-hmm. He knows I work well off that. He knows I respond well to that. And he knows I only want to know about what's not working so I can make it better. Mm-hmm. He knows I don't really need the pat on the back to be like, well done, you managed to put an Instagram post out this week. Good you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm paying him to come in and go, this was fucking terrible. Yeah, Same yeah. way that person who steps on stage, if they win, fantastic. That's what they've stepped there to do. If they don't win, they want to speak to the judges. Mm-hmm. They want to know exactly why. Whereas someone who goes in insecure and doesn't win, doesn't want to know why. Yeah. They don't want to hear the bad news. They don't want to hear what it was about them because it then further exacerbates that insecurity. Whereas the person who is solely driven on I must, I must, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an IFBB pro, stepping on stages of the Olympia, and that is my destiny, will probably go and seek the judges out afterwards and actively be like, tell me point for point exactly why I didn't win. Yeah. And then we'll go away and be like, right, okay, this is the points that we're working on until I next step on stage. Yeah. And that, 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 I think that's a big difference. Yeah, 100%. Can so, you seek out yeah. 
what's wrong or do you avoid? Yeah. And that will tell you whether you, whether it is truly what you desire or not. So in summary, James Smith, you sort of agree with you for the most part, but then also disagree with you because it's not, it's not, it, it's not representative of the whole bodybuilding industry. There's a lot of us who just fucking love becoming better. Not to. Um, wanted to speak about the values of just turning up every day as well, didn't we, Jeff? Yeah, part of part of why I got told off. <laughs> <laughs> this week um, because I just had one of them I just had a, a proper almost like burnt myself out a little bit yeah. um, and it was one it was just like I need to just turn up I need to just because if I don't this week will go terribly and that's what I say to my clients all the time is like you, there's no such thing as a bad day unless you let it be a bad day, unless you decide, right, well, today's, that's it. I give up. Like, I'd had a bad morning, let's say, till about 12 o'clock. Like, I could, didn't feel creative, couldn't think of anything of value to write in an email or write in a post or anything like that. And I'm usually on that. Like, that's what I wake up and love to do mm-hmm. is to go and write something of value. And it was just like, fucking hell. What the fuck can I do here? Didn't want to go to the gym, which been a long fucking time since I didn't want to go to the gym, especially on these this this new workout. Like I, I'm excited to get there and like made myself. I was just like, just do it, just do stuff, <laughs> just do some of the things that you know you need to do. If I've got a to do list of like six things today, just do a bit of all of them, or just do some, just do one of them. Like you need yeah. to go and train, go tick that off. Yeah, doesn't matter if you don't complete the whole session, if you don't go then you failed that checkbox. Yeah, yeah. Go, get there, then do something. Can you do something else? Can you do something else? Like when you say to you say to your clients, you say to me, on the hack squat, well, can you do one more? <laughs> you're in real, you're in a load of pain now. You're in a world of hurt. But can you do one more? Can you do one more thing? And it's as simple as that. Like yeah. just turn up. What is it? What is the next move? Yeah. That makes you better. Can you just do one more? Can you just do it again? Just once. Just one more time, just do it. Yeah. And watch what happens. There was there was times when you don't want to do the stuff. If you can summon something with deep within you to say, right now, I'm just gonna fucking do it. Yeah. They're the one, they're the times that make the difference. They're the times that stick with you as well. Mm. Like you don't remember the days where you had a fucking boss day. No. Like you do. Do you know what I mean? Like you can remember the recent ones, but if I say to you, January this year, how many fantastic days did you have? You'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like, how many days did you get every single thing done and done it really, really well? I don't know. I can't, I can't really think. Whereas if I say to you, when was the last time you didn't want to do something, but you went and done it? You're like, oh, well, last week I was in the gym and I didn't want to train. I'd done this. And you can reel off yeah. and that sticks with you. And the more of those you've got, mm. the more ingrained in your brain the I'll just fucking do it. I'll just get through it because yeah. I know I'm going to feel good after it. And the more times you do that, the more you believe that you're capable of handling anything. So if you, if it's easy to turn up on the days where you feel good. There's a, there's a quote that comes up on True Coach all the time. Do you ever see it, Jack? It says, if you only did, if you only progressed on the days where you feel good in life, you wouldn't get very far. 
Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, something like that. Like, yeah. It's so fucking easy to turn up when you're in a good mood and you've got good energy. But can you turn up turn the fuck up and put a shift in when you don't want to be there, when you're low on energy, when your food's low, when, when not not even just in terms of, of, of bodybuilding or improving your physique, just like in anything in life. Can you pay attention to your girlfriend when you've had a long day at work? Can you? Because if you can, it's going to be a great relationship in five years from now. If you can't, you're probably going to break up in a year from now. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's everything. It's and we wanted to speak about um, James Smith. We were just obviously kicked the, kicked the podcast off with him. Yeah. People who are successful have this ability to turn up every single day. They just have the discipline to turn up every single day and they know exactly why they're doing it. They're aligned with their values. They feel inspired. And even on days where they're not motivated, they feel inspired to go and do the shit that they need to do. So like James Smith always tells stories about how he would do an Instagram live every single morning, even if no one was watching it at like six in the morning. He'd get to the gym. He used to work in Australia, didn't he? Yeah. He'd get to the gym and do an Instagram live. And all the other PTs in the gym were laughing at him at the start, going, oh, why the fuck's he doing Instagram live? There's no one watching him. He's just chatting shit. He's not even talking about anything. But he turned up every single morning. And now look at him. Now he has the power to absolutely destroy the bodybuilding industry yeah. with a post that he wrote in four minutes. <laughs> the same with like like turning up on video. Like I used to hate speaking on camera. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Like hearing your voice play back for the first time. It's so bad. Is like painful. I've still got the first video I ever done on Instagram saved in like a collection on my Instagram because I like just going back and looking at it. Oh, and lad. Looking at that that insecure, worried, scared child speaking about something he wasn't really 100% convinced of himself. And then going and banging out a video now where like, yeah. like the real upper up today. Like the other day, the other day when we were in the car, you just went, hey, you want to do a video? Just record this for me. And you just went, yeah. boom, 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 just reeled it all off because you've done it so many times. You've stepped out of your comfort zone. You've turned up so many times, and now it's second nature. Now you're in a position where you've progressed so far through turning up every single day, where you can just do that. And it's the value of literally just turning up every single day. The you're value of connecting, the value of connecting it to your values. Tongue twister. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Um, which again, like I, I know you went that into this this values factor book by D Martini, but I'm just. It's just hitting the nail. It's just driving things home for me really, really well at the minute. And it's like to be able to pass that on to the people I'm working with as well. So like Mark said to me the other day about a client not sticking to stuff at the weekend. And he said, one thing you can do is get them to write out 25 reasons why it's a benefit for them to stay the way they are. So why is find me 25 reasons why it's a good thing for you to say yes to the extra cheesecake, say yes to the extra drinks with your friends, say yes to cheating on your diet, say yes to skipping the workout, like whatever it is that you keep doing, find 25 reasons why, because then as you get deeper into those reasons, you're going to find what it is. And he was like, so let's say, for example, you, you, you keep falling off your diet at the weekend. One of the reasons could be that you don't like 
the confrontation of your friends saying, oh, why are you on a diet? Mm. Like, why just come on, just have another one. So it's easier for you to avoid that, but only because you're not aligned with what your true values are. And if your true value is health and how you feel, well, then you can link that uncomfortable situation, that uncomfortable confrontation with the desired outcome. And you're more likely to stick to it. But until you highlight mm. what those current desired outcomes are that you're choosing to stay this way, you can't shift your values around or you can't shift around your behaviors to meet your values. Exactly. It's like, I mean, if anyone wants, I feel like we did a whole episode on that. Was it two episodes ago? Our most valuable episode yet. Yeah, it was a good episode. That. It was our most valuable episode. We'll go and listen to that. Where we delve into that topic so much more about like why it is you might struggle to actually do the stuff that you want to do and how being more aligned with your values will allow you to actually step forwards and, and not fall the fuck off all the time and actually feel motivated and inspired to do shit. But it's that that's obviously so fucking important in in finding what it is that you need to do. I wanna show everyone this is something we got from atomic habits which is a book we both read about the, the the value of just turning up when you can just turn up every day and not get everything perfect you will progress so much faster than you think if you're just consistent people underestimate the power of consistency so if you're if you're i i, I wrote this in a post once let's imagine two versions of yourself and you want to be in the best shape possible for 12 weeks in 12 weeks from now. Some people, I'm, I'm both versions, so you have a really busy eight weeks ahead. Some people would be like, oh, I can't, I can't get it perfect now because I'm really busy. So I'm gonna wait until eight weeks are over and then I'm gonna smash it for the last four weeks and get everything 100 percent perfect. Well, what would happen if you just did 70% perfection for the full 12 weeks? You'd be so much fucking further ahead. It would be insane. It's It wouldn't even be close. 12 weeks of 70% perfection would absolutely destroy four weeks of perfection. It, it's literally not even close. And you know, the the, the, the power, and we, we can apply this to financial the financial world if anyone because people might be able to relate to this a little bit more the power of compound interest let me actually get this up on my phone because when you actually look at numbers it it, it blows your head off do you want to say something jack while i get this up <laughs> yeah so the one that really hits home for me is the power of being one percent better every day for a year yeah so a few times one by 0.01 you get something like 1.36 something which essentially means that you're 36 percent better off at the end of the year by being one percent better one percent every single day um i'm fairly certain i got that math wrong but you are better at the end of the year is the point i'm trying to make if you make zero percent improvement every day for a year you're still at one. You're still the same person you are now, 12 months down the line. If you find a way to be 1% better in something, in anything that you're doing right now, you should be 1% better every single day for a year. You're going to be further ahead. 
Well, that's actually worth it out. It would be one to the power of three hundred and sixty-five, wouldn't it? I don't know how to do that on a on a. So it's one times point naught naught one, isn't it? Yeah, but three hundred and sixty-five times. <laughs> one. Yeah, I don't know how to use the scientific calculator on you. Never do I. This is shit. This. <laughs> one to the power of three six five. Ah, oh, fuck's sake! I did it wrong. One point zero. Oh my god! I'm gonna. This is this is terrible. We're but, really good at coaching people. We, we are done, really we bad at using calculators. <laughs> one point. Zero one recently did a course in Birmingham with to the power of mentor. 65. And um, it yeah. was like, you, on. I've got it, got it. Never mind, I'll stop talking. He's got it. You would be 38 times better than you were at the start. There you go. If you got one percent better every single day at any given task, you'd be 38 times better than you were. That's not like double as good. That's like double as good, doubled, 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 doubled. And it's like, that's just unbelievably so much further ahead than you would be if you just didn't, if you if you stayed the same. If you waited till you could do it perfectly. And that's, that's just 1%. So imagine you could do something a little bit better and get 5% better every day. What would that be? To the like, power of 365. That would be, <laughs> guess what that would be? That would be five million, no, 54 million, 211,841.6 times better at the end of a year. So, that, although those numbers are ridiculous, that just puts into perspective how those small, unbelievably tiny changes can have the biggest impact on your life. So, putting that into real terms with your, with your nutrition, <clears throat> if you're not eating veg now, if you don't eat veg, you don't eat veg with any of your meals at all, ever. Can't stand it. You just eat beige food. Three meals a day. Eat veg. That's 1% better. Yeah. Eat or, veg every single day for a year. Not even that. Maybe that's 5% better. Get yeah. a greens powder. Get a greens powder. Eat veg in one meal instead of yeah. none. One yeah. out of three. Like, get a multivitamin. One meal out of three where you eat vegetables is like 33% better. Yeah. So you've already smashed the one percent out of the park. Yeah, if you're not drinking water, drink one liter of water. Drink one small bottle of. Drink five hundred milliliters of water. Drink a glass of water when you wake up. Go for a walk. Yeah. Go for a walk. Walk for a minute a day. We've just been saying about this about your habits, which brings us nicely back to it. For anyone who's watching this, you can see it. For anyone who's not watching it, I'm going to show you. I don't know if it's backwards on your screen. But no, this, it's is the right way. this is a habit tracker that I use and I've circled August and there's some habits that I've set to myself, these things that I need to ground into my routine and I just want to do them every single day because I understand the power of consistency. <clears throat> Meditate for five minutes, read for five minutes, get a cold shower every day because we're doing this challenge, drink three litres of water, do one thing every day to build my business, journal, every day get at least 10 minutes of daylight take my supplements and fill my check-in for my coach 
And if I can just do those things every day, just the bare minimum, those things I go above and beyond every single day. But that's that's the bare minimum that I need to do. I need to meditate for at least five minutes, but normally it's 10, 15, 20. I need to read for at least five minutes, but again, normally it's half an hour. I need to get a cold chat. Like I'm just setting myself the bare minimum. Norm- I've set myself the, 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 the minimum targets of three liters, but I normally drink four to five. And it's just the setting yourself the bare minimum so that even on days where you can't get to where you want to be, you're still moving forward and you're still being that 1% better than you could have been. Plus, like I was saying to you before we started about, I call these better than nothings. So like this is a better than nothing version of, of, of whatever task it is you need to do. So like you're reading for five minutes is better than not reading at all. So it's a better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple, you can't fuck it up. One of them for one of my clients who wanted to be more consistent at running was to run for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just run to the end of your road and back. Like that's like 200 meters, 100 meters out, 100 meters back. Do that every single day for a week. One, you're building a habit of putting your running stuff on and getting ready to go for a run and leaving no matter what the weather's like. You're building up that time of day that you go running. So you get home from work, you put your running stuff on. You're building this routine up all just by running to the end of your road and back. Two, you start to feel really stupid just running to the end of your road and back. So then a little part of your brain goes, I'm already got me running stuff on. I might as well just run further. Yeah. I might as well run for a minute. I might as well run for for five minutes. I might as well run and do 2K. Mm-hmm. And you've you've already convinced yourself to go and do more just by turning up and doing yeah the minute well it's just like that that's what i've done for myself it's 10 minutes of daylight that's the bare minimum but when i go out and i'm on a walk for, for 10 minutes I'm, I'm 10 minutes in and i'm like may as well just fucking carry on then yeah may, may as well walk and get 30 minutes of daylight and get some more steps in and, and whatever we're on the flip side of that as well if you've got an absolutely manic day yeah and you do your 10 minutes because you've always got 10 minutes. You feel like you've achieved what you need to achieve mm. and you can stop at them 10 minutes and go great onto task, onto next task yeah. rather than going, fuck, I was supposed to fucking run for fucking an hour today and I haven't got time. Oh, yeah. I failed. Like, yeah. Exactly. And that's just like that feeling of failure is a constant reinforcement that you're not good enough and you're going to fall off later and, 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 when when shit gets difficult, you're gonna feel like oh, this is just an insurmountable task. I'm never gonna be able to run every single day, and it's just gonna make you less motivated and and less likely to achieve the actual goal. But if you feel like you're constantly winning, you're constantly succeeding, motivation goes up. The complete opposite. Like last night, I was writing that email, and I was like, you know what? Like you said before, I just had one of them 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 times where your brain just doesn't work, and then it was it just wasn't happening. So I was sat there for, for half an hour and I had, I have a non-negotiable every night. I, now I stop work at uh, about half nine to, to, to a whole load of reasons I won't get into it, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was coming up to that and I was like, I haven't got time to make this email great and it was stressing me out. And I thought, you know what, just... You know what you want to say, but you haven't got the, the vocabulary to bring it out in, in a way that will resonate with people. So I planned it, went bum, 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 bullet pointed it and set me alarm early in the morning to wake up early and go and finish the email off. So that was better than nothing. That was better than going, fuck this email, I can't do it. And then waking up 
the next day and being like, oh shit, now I've got to do that email and feeling like I'm rushed and I'm stressed and I'm, I just got everything out in my brain, accepted that I wasn't able to get 100% of what I wanted, got 50% of what I wanted, turned up the next day and finished it off. And it's just those little things. Can you do that all the time? Can you create the artificial feeling of success all the time? And can you just turn up every single day and do the bare minimum to what you need of what you need to do to get to where you want to be? Every day. Because I mean, doing the bare minimum every day is not going to be great, but doing the bare minimum on most. Yeah. If you no, say, if you if you reside yourself yeah. to just doing the bare minimum, you're gonna fail. You're gonna be a muffer. You're gonna be you're shit. just you're trying to find the easy route out. Yeah. If you're determined to be better and you have the bare minimum requirements, like you set yourself bare, like standards, like personal standards. That's essentially what you're setting. Yeah, you're setting yeah. Like I've got you've got you've got your things that you need to do. I've on my wall there. Yeah. I have got my personal standards for business and for, yeah. for me that I have to do every day and that I have to do every week Yeah, that I hold myself accountable to. But that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, if I just did that and only that every day, life would be fucking easy. Like, I'd be finished work by, like, nine o'clock in the morning, every morning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, that. But would I earn more money? Would I help more people? Would I grow the business? Would I live the life that I want? No. Would I feel the way that I wanted to? No. But that's the bare minimum. So when the world is pushing down on you, when you've got a million and one things to do, you've got that to fall back on to go, well, today was an absolute cluster. But those bare minimums, yeah. I've done them all. That's for when I'm shit hits the fan. That's for when shit really hits the fan. Yeah. And you've just got to dig the fuck in, tick the boxes and crack on. Like on Thursday, when or whatever day it was I'd done that video this week, I'd sat with a notebook and a Word document open on the laptop for an hour and a half and done nothing. And just sat there going, just do something, just function. And I was, and it was, it been that long that I was just about to go, fuck this shit. Yeah. And it's then when that fuck this shit word comes into your head you go right what's on that list mm -hmm. what's on there what do i do mm -hmm. go and do one of them right i'm not a fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and that's it i feel like we, we've got the message across there yeah so, to summarize the full episode most bodybuilders are insecure and should probably stop but some are not and they should continue because they enjoy feeling better about themselves yeah and if you turn up every single day and just become 1% better, you'll be 5 million times better in a couple of years. <laughs> and most importantly, if James Smith hurt your feelings this week, it says more about you than it does about him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big one. Drop the mic, lad. Just take your mic out the thing. And just uncliff that mic, drop it, fucking get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any questions or anything you'd like us to cover, please drop us a message. Have a good weekend. See you later. Nice one.